Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Sharp Money, VSIN, the sports betting network. And 263 days ago, the Detroit Lions closed the book on Aaron Rodgers' storied career with the Green Bay Packers last night. Not a great start for the incumbent, that being Jordan Love. How about a double-digit road win in division at Lambeau? The Lions now in sole possession of first place in the North since week two in 2017. An ass-whooping. 217 rush yards, five sacks, two picks. I'm going to tell you right now, Michael Lombardi just recently wrote a book. You should check it out. It's called Football Done Right. I think it was about last night's Thursday night kickoff to week four. 3420, a clinic, boys, as we say hi and open up the show. I'm Patrick Maher, a football Friday. A lot to get to as we get going. A huge weekend in college football. Also a full slate, of course, an AFC East matchup. Dolphins and the Bills. Patrick Mahomes against, of course, the Jets defense. Taylor Swift's going to be in the house. Zeke Elliott against Dallas. We've got plenty to do as we open it up. Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, downtown Las Vegas at the D. Uh, but we have to take a second to tip our caps to the boys in Honolulu, blue and silver. And how about the big guy? 3-0-1 last night. The hot streak continues. Good job by you. Amal Shaw, what's going on on this Friday? Not much. I'll tell you what, that 34-20 score is not indicative of the game. It was much, much greater than that margin indicates. This Green Bay team with Jordan Love, I'll tell you what, you got two quarterbacks in this division that can't play. Justin Fields and Jordan Love, welcome to the party, guys. I mean, it was anemic watching this offense. They get that early turnover on the Jared Goff uh, interception, Patrick. You thought, if you're Green Bay, what an opportunity. Home game, get the crowd into it. No, no, no. We're going to get three points. Our guy's going to start one for five for nine yards, and it's going to be all downhill from there. And then on top of it, it wasn't just the ineptitude of the Green Bay offense, but how about the fact that this Detroit offense just carved up the Packers' defense? Yeah, I guess, and also, I don't know who put the G at Ford Field last night on the 50-yard line, but that sounded like the Lions' house. How about that? Lambeau was petite as far as the conversation, and it was all roar, Lions noise. The big guy, Dustin Sweetelson, a big night for him last night. You can go to vsin.com slash picks to check him out as he continues the hot roll, and you had my Lions last night. Now, again, I wasn't going to be objective. I was way off on the under. I'll just say that, raise my hand. Of course, I'd like to bet the Lions. I'd like to hand out the Lions. But if I do, it comes with no objectivity. So good job by you backing my boys. Uh, your quarterback, Jared Goff, is now the most profitable signal caller since 2017. He is 60-40-2 ATS. The Lions own the North. They are the kings of the North, 11-0 run versus NFC North opponents. And finally, Dan Campbell, as the Lions head coach, the franchise is 26-12 and 12 ATS. That is 68% with Dan Campbell leading the way. If I were to ask you this question, Patrick, if something was restored with your franchise, what would you say has been restored with the Lions? 
I think it's the roar, big guy. The roar. It was a clinic. My buddy Matt Derry said it. A clinic in the first half. Good job by you. Looked like the Lions coaching staff knew exactly scheme-wise what Green Bay was running on both sides of the ball. It also helps that the left tackle that was filling in there was a swinging gate <laughs> as the Lions constantly had pressure on Jordan Love, who didn't look big, big time. We're going to have Samich come on and tell us why. Exactly, that happened. Look forward to that big Mike coming up in just a bit. <laughs> I can but save it you was, the time. <laughs> look, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you where you know I thought maybe the Lions might be legit, like kind of a moment in time. And it was last night, early in the fourth quarter. You guys will remember Jordan Love the nine-yard touchdown run. The two-point failed, but that pulled the game early with a quarter to go in the fourth there to 27-17. So Green Bay right back in it, back at home. And then Amal, the very next drive, the Lions go 14 plays, 75 yards, almost nine minutes off the clock, and a touchdown, 34-17. That was the ball game. That's a big-time answer from a team that for decades and decades has never had an answer. You're absolutely right about it. I thought that was really impressive. Had the two-point conversion been uh, converted, then you would have had game pressure on the Detroit Lions, but even still without it, they go right down the field. And Goff wasn't overwhelmingly great with that INT early on, but I thought this team played well. And just the effectiveness of David Montgomery, who didn't get off to a flying start. First 10 carries, he's got 27 yards, and then things get going in the right direction. He winds up with 32 for 121, a nice job overall. But to me, the play calling, just you look at this offense, the efficiency, this team is really, really good. By the way, you, I think you had Laporta over three and a half catches. I did not. Oh, no, no. Okay, I'm sorry. I had Josh Reynolds. That Josh, okay, Josh Reynolds. But Scott, uh, Spre Scott Spreitzer came on and gave out Laporta okay. on Wednesday. Yeah, and that, that one hits as well. But uh, to me, Patrick, really the hallmark of this team is, number one, they've got a great pass rush. We're seeing it. I remember there was a play. I might have been the fourth quarter. Aiden Hutchinson had an opportunity for a sack. He misses it. Somebody else comes in and cleans it up. Hutch was so mad because it was like a gift sack he should have had. He would have nine out of ten times. That was the one time he misses it. But when you look at this Detroit team, guys, I know it's early. We're only in week four for Detroit. Thirteen games remaining. Same for the Packers. But, guys, I'm here to tell you the NFC North and the NFC West, they are over. They are over. The Detroit Lions have won this division. I'm telling you right now, what, Justin Fields is going to rescue this 0-3 Bears team? No shot. The Minnesota Vikings, 0-3? No shot. When you look at the Green Bay Packers with Jordan Love, get the hell out of here. I mean, one of the wins came against the Bears. There's no competition for Detroit. They are the far superior team in this division. They were favorites coming into the year. We can throw them up there. DraftKings right now, $2.05. Favorites for the Lions. The Packers, plus 330. The Vikings, as Amal mentioned, 0 and 3, 6 to 1. The Bears, 25 to 1. Matt LaFleur, the Packer head coach, we're going to get to both LaFleur and, of course, the kneecap. We're going to get to them in just a little bit. But LaFleur called it very humbling and embarrassing. 43 carries for the Lions, 211 rush yards. We mentioned that Olay offensive line. That front from Green Bay never stood a chance. Five sacks, uh, eight tackles for losses for the Lions last night. You know, it all started with a golf interception on the first drive. And then all of a sudden, the Lions are tra trailing three to nothing. But the Lions proceeded, big guy, to put up 27 straight points. They pounded them with that offensive line. Montgomery, 32 carries off the injury, 121 yards, three touchdowns in total. Goff was solid, didn't have to be great. The defense was great. You know, I mentioned the rush yards from Green Bay, just 27 on the ground for the Packers. They just took care of business. That's four straight over the Green Bay Packers. Growing up, we never beat the Packers. And two straight at Lambeau. Uh, it's about as impressed as I've been. A 21-20 win to open the season at Kansas City on Thursday. Okay, a little bit of a hangover from the champs. I didn't really go nuts there. For some reason, even against a subpar team, and let's be clear, the Packers were banged up. It's a bad football team. Okay. Like, they're going to get healthy on the offensive line. Okay. I understand that, but it's not a very good defense. They can't stop the run. I understand they're going to get healthy in the secondary. But if you take that first Thursday night game for the Lions, okay, they beat the champs. Game one, week one, 
We'll put that over here. I thought last night, as we start to get into the rhythm of a season, Dustin Sweetelson, that's about as impressive as the Lions have been in years. Well, as someone, you were very skeptical about the hype surrounding your team just because they've let you down your entire life. And in fact, they've let your father down most of his entire life as well. So I understand being skeptical. What happened last night was they proved that this team is built different. Their mindset is different. The roster is different. And I think that's the biggest thing you can take away. Look, their only loss was to Seattle in overtime. They played a terrible second half, and they blew a lead in that one. They really should be 4-0 at this point. Fine 3-1. and And how many times did the Packers take advantage of the Lions in your lifetime where the, the Lions had injuries or a weaker roster? You take the wins as you can get them in front of you, and this is what good teams do when they get over the hump. They beat the teams they're supposed to beat along the way. They don't let up against a team like Green Bay that's dealing with a ton of injuries. And... I think what also spoke volumes, not just beating a team that you're supposed to on Thursday Night Football for Detroit. I think uh, rebounding off that early interception was massive. On the road, in Lambeau Field, to come back, trail 3-0 after the first turnover of the game, and to respond like that, I just think that is such a winning mentality for a team. And what's even more impressive about the whole thing, guys, they're doing it without even using the number 12 overall pick in the draft. Yeah, yeah, they don't like Jameer Gibbs. They pretended on the broadcast like they're obsessed with him. Yeah, prove it. <laughs> you, you wasted the 12th overall pick. And as my niece Ava would say, fax no printer to what you just said. <laughs> I, I, look, I'll put it in context because oftentimes, you know, hyperbolically people will say, oh, like you'll complain about the Mets because that's what people do. That's They just jump on the bandwagon of, oh, woe is me, I'm a Jets fan. We haven't done fill in the blank. Woe is me, I'm the Mets. We haven't done blank. Uh, my dad is, isn't is a spring chicken. He's 72 <laughs> and he's seen one playoff win. Okay, like just go ahead, just pause for a second. I know we're a betting network. We've got plenty of games to get to, but I need you to think about that ineptitude for a second and why a Lions fan fill in the blank with, well, they're the Lions. He's a 72 year old human being. Hopefully, he's got 10 good years to go. He's seen <laughs> one playoff win. Let it sink in. Let it sink in, Amal Shaw. And that was what, 31 years ago? Was that 92? 92. Yeah, against the Cowboys, that 38 to 6 game. And barely tickled with, like, any teases along the way. Yeah, exactly. Turn, turn, no, turned around and got that ass whipped by Washington the next week. I remember. Maybe it was 91, 92, whatever it was. It, just think about that. A 72-year-old man's been watching a league that is 50-50 jump ball literally every year. And he's seen one playoff win. What a pathetic franchise. Let's go back to talking about how pathetic they are. Who cares about the 34-20 clinic over the Packers last night? How could you have one win in 72 years? Whatever. But, but there's a group of teams and fan bases that deserve a tip of the cap. <laughs> the Buffalo Bills, the Cleveland Browns, the Minnesota Vikings, the Chicago Bears, the Detroit Lions. The Chiefs got good in the last five years. But these are some teams. I know Minnesota's had some pretty decent years in there, but these are some teams that have been suffering for a long, long time. And by the way, who in the NFL office hates the Detroit Lions because they've got two Thursday night games this year, the Thanksgiving traditional game, and they had to play yesterday, and they'll play that return trip. They is opened against last the Thursday, too. Well, that you have time before the season, right? But, I mean, two, lot of Han two Thursdays? A lot of Honolulu blue and silver at Lambeau, fellas. It was good to see. A double-digit road win at Lambeau? Crazy. We'll come back and hear from the coaches next and what's next for these two teams. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, 
even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So, buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So, how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud, Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less, like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. Oracle.com strategic. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. All right, the competition is fierce as the VSIN shows clash. We're going to hook you up right now. Hook us up. Got a $1,000 voucher on the line from Bill AD. Super Bowl futures play over at Circa. Right now, you can get 40% off the football season special. Everything we offer, everything's included the tools, the picks, the betting guides. Matter of fact, the NHL betting guide just dropped yesterday. It's all there when you use the promo code SHARP. S-H-A-R-P. 40% off right now. It's not going to last. Go to vsin.com slash subscribe. It's V-S-I-N dot com slash subscribe. Okay. A huge football Friday. We'll run the board towards the end of the show as far as the NFL. Mike Samich is going to join. Got plenty to do. Dustin Sweetelson, Amal Shaw at the D. I'm Patrick Maher. Uh, that was a clinic last night. It really was uh, proud of the Detroit Lions. We haven't seen kind of spirit like this in a long time. 34-20. Yes, I know the Green Bay Packers are banged up. So are the Lions for the most part. You know, it's a Thursday night game, a condensed schedule. You love to see it at Lambeau. That's four straight over the Packers for the Detroit Lions. Two straight at Lambeau. I mentioned 263 days ago, they closed the book on Aaron Rodgers' career as they knocked the Packers out of the postseason last year. What I'm told here, boys, is we're about to play a couple of clips. One from Matt LaFleur, who's done a good job in the regular season with the Packers as the head coach, and that's a proud franchise. He took over that franchise after running the Tennessee Titan offense for a year coming out of that McVay tree, and uh, he's done a good job. Regular season-wise, hasn't lost a ton of games, and then we're going to hear from Dan Campbell, of course, once he loses Ben Johnson. I think nationally, you got an opportunity to see what that kid can draw up offensively. Just brilliant. Uh, but let's go ahead and run it. Let's hear from Matt LaFleur at halftime. I mean, it's, a, it's very humbling and embarrassing right now. What did you tell your team at the half? I said, we've got to be able to look each other in the eye, man to man, and give it up for one another this whole second half. I want to see this team fight. <laughs> okay, cool. Good one, bro. That's the third largest Amal Shaw halftime deficit in Lambeau history. 27 wow. to 3. How about that? How about in the first half, the Lions outgained the Packers 284 to 20. My goodness, Amal. Yeah, I tell you what, guys, for me, this game was over in the first possession after the turnover. Dustin talked about it, the response we saw to the Lions, but more the failure of the Green Bay offense to be able to execute. Patrick, you know in this league, when you get a field of about 30 yards, you've got to capitalize and get six points. They didn't do it, and I think they just took a step back. You know, the other thing I'd point to with Green Bay guys is I would go back to the game against Atlanta. What a great opportunity for a young Jordan Love to lead his team into field goal range. In today's NFL, what do you need, 40 yards with these kickers? I mean, 40 is even just a, a bit of a liberal number there. Against the prevent defense. Exactly right. And this team is not executing offensively. Yes, they get that impressive win against the Bears, and everybody thought, hey, they're on their way. And I said this, the Packers are going to win the division before the season started. I could not be more wrong on what this team is as a collective. It wasn't about Jordan Love for me. It was I thought the defense and the offense would be able to carry it with Aaron Jones. But I think really, to me, the story is a combination of two things. Green Bay has taken a major step back at quarterback, 
and the Detroit Lions right now have to be considered right up there as a contender in the NFC. They may not be as good as San Francisco, Philadelphia, and or Dallas. However, with the way the schedule is in this weaker NFC North, They've got a great opportunity to potentially solidify a standing of getting to a two seed, maybe even on the outside possibility of one seed. Don't forget they play at Dallas later in the season. So I think this team, the confidence will continue to escalate, and they've got a great shot to make some noise and get that first playoff win since 92. Yeah, Amal, you, you mentioned it. You mentioned Atlanta, and Dustin, I know you want to jump in just quickly here. It's not often handicapping-wise you can use common opponent as one of your tools, but we said it yesterday. This Packer team struggled uh, as far as they gave up 211 yards on the ground to Atlanta. Atlanta hasn't been running the ball efficiency-wise as well as they did last year. You know what's fascinating for Symmetry Boys? 211 on the ground to the Atlanta Falcons. How about last night? 211 yards on the ground to the Detroit Lions. <laughs> Teams are starting to pick up. There's a focus. You can run the ball against this defensive front for the Green Bay Packers, and they did it to the tune of 43 times. Like, if you're looking for a recipe on Thursday night football where everything's condensed and you need to be able to win it with a pass rush and running the football, how about 43 attempts for 211? That's exactly what the Lions did, and that's what the Falcons' Dustin Sweetelson did against this Green Bay Packer defense. Yeah, and you can do that when an offense doesn't stay on the field long enough to give a defense a break. So as the game goes on, that defense is going to wear down and get tired and be worse against the run, and that's what you're seeing. Like, we have an issue with, with the Jordan Love stuff. Obviously, he, he's really, he, he doesn't look special. That's the easiest way to say it. doesn't look special. And I think when people look at box scores, they go through it and they go, well, he had an efficient day. And there's a big difference between being an accurate passer and having a high completion percentage. Completion percentage is based on scheme. Accuracy is based on skill. He is not a skilled enough passer to make a lot of these big-time throws. His, his weapons may be limited. The system may be limited. Let's, let's remember who Matt LaFleur is. Matt LaFleur was brought in as a guy who could deal with Aaron Rodgers, who Aaron Rodgers was going to be happy with as the head coach. Aaron Rodgers is gone now, and now it's up to Matt LaFleur to be a schemer. We have no idea if he knows how to scheme an offense when he has his, his back against the wall and has limited resources. Why do you assume he was brought in to be cool with Rodgers? I don't even think they had a relationship, did they? No, but I think part of his job was to make sure Rodgers was happy because he was very mild-mannered, Matt That's LaFleur. Fair. He's not going to get too high, get too low. And I think he was just to make sure things were okay. He was like a, like a babysitter for Aaron Rodgers. Remember who he was in Tennessee when he had Marcus Mariota. They ran a very old-school offense that was limited throwing. Well, he I, was the OC with the Rams, and McVay called plays. Yes. So he called plays exactly one year with the Titans. And to your point about love, I will say – he didn't have a ton of protection last no, night, I, so I, I don't know if we can completely judge him, but it wasn't a great performance. A couple things. First of all, you're right. The protection wasn't ideal. Remember, they were without uh, yeah, no, and Jenkins, and I get that. But here's the other thing, though. you got to give this Detroit team credit. They put Green Bay in a situation where it's like, hey, guys, just go ahead and get after the quarterback. That's all you have to do there, and that's exactly what they did. Patrick, i got a question for you. When you look at the Lions, offensively, run game, pass game, defensively, run game, pass game, out of those four, which would you rank as their best strength right now? Well, David Montgomery, Dustin, was it you? Yeah, you and I were discussing it today. What, what, what did Chicago look at and say? Nah, not necessary. I, I, I never understood <laughs> like, that. What, I never understood well, that. They he, what are we doing here? He also because fits this division outdoors in the cold. Exactly. Too. That's he exactly right. Iowa and he's State. a little he's, bit. Yeah. He, he's a little shiftier, sorry, but he's a little shiftier than I thought. To answer your point, to answer your question, their their strength by far is their offensive line, and that's where I bring the running backs into the mix. That's why Jameer Gibbs, fellas, if he does anything for this team, that offensive line is absolutely brutal. I love them. So I know you don't love Dan Campbell, but here's the thing. Does Dan Campbell not have a lot of the same principles that Deion Sanders offers as a head coach? I don't know what system Dan Campbell runs. I don't know what kind of game plan he comes up with, but I know as a leader, 
that team believes in Dan Campbell, and they're going to follow him to whatever he wants to do. And he's been smart enough to hire good assistants that he trusts, and he empowers them to have a large role, which is why you love Ben Johnson. Maybe Dan Campbell needs a little bit more credit for being the Fair. CEO of this team. I, I will say one thing about Dan Campbell Fair. that's very evident it was when he was at AM when he played with the Cowboys, among other teams. He's a very likable guy and a very likable teammate, and I think that applies the same thing as a head coach. He may not necessarily say things the way we look at it and say, wow, this guy seems like he's a Mensa member. But in football, from my estimation, when you get guys to believe the leader, that helps immensely. Well, speaking of Dan Campbell, here's what he had to say. Good kind of juxtaposition. You heard from Matt LaFleur, who was humbled and embarrassed. How about Dan Campbell after the big win? You guys went and earned that win. So everything about it, man. That's one. That's two in a row. And it's a conference win, gentlemen. We're 3-1 at the quarter. Man, the sky's the limit. We keep playing defense the way we're playing. And we control the game on offense. We control the game on offense. We can do whatever we want to do, man. But we can never lose this. We can never lose this. It is a Team ball. Who said that? Oh, team ball. There ain't no oh, doubt. That's an outstanding win, man. I'm so proud of you guys. <laughs> so I just I had a weird bulging. thought. And why why the NFL is its its own entity? It's literally separate from anything government wise. But I just I, I had a thought. The NFL is so unique. What if that was a meeting between somebody like a subordinate and a manager at UPS? <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, the delivery <laughs> speed would pick up. People people just absolutely, yeah, I mean, you know, Campbell's Campbell. It, it goes against, I think Dustin calling me out is a good point because I constantly talk about, you know, being the CEO or a head coach, you have to have different type of qualities and attributes. Well, Ben Johnson, the team will struggle if he leaves because you saw what he's capable of calling an offensive. Just It's a beautiful dance. But I don't know if he's capable of being a head coach, and it appears that the, co the team loves Campbell. You're maybe, right. Maybe you should believe more in Dan Campbell's ability to find the next Ben Johnson a little bit more. <laughs> Why? Because Dan Campbell had him on the staff, and Dan Campbell called plays for like 12 straight games when Ben Johnson was like, I can do it better. And Dan Campbell was just like, okay, so don't give me that crap. Max Brown, we're going college football. Good job, though. You were right. Dan Campbell, little respect his way. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. You can research every NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Stop betting in the dark. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use the code WINNER. You get 50% off your first month today. Start researching. Start winning with Hall of Fame Bets. We got you back here, Sharp Money. I'm Patrick Maher, of course. I'm all Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, live from the D, as we say hi. Max Brown is going to join us. Pac-12 Network does a great job, at Max Brown 4 on Twitter, and I believe he's ready to go. We got a big tilt coming up tonight in the Pac-12. Okay, go ahead, big guy. He's not, not quite ready? No, not yet. Miscommunication okay. on my part. Well, no, it's all good. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Uh, we do, by the way, Amal, have for a Friday night. I don't know. I, I know you guys were fired up about uh, Oregon State last week, but this Utah-Oregon State matchup. So it's gone through, again, this was a point-and-a-half opener, and we've got a ton of college to get to. The boys both sent me over a million plays today. So we'll get to as many as we possibly can. I think for good reason, we've jumped up to four off the one-and-a-half opener, just because so many questions of all as far as Utah, specifically with Cam Rising. Yeah, absolutely right, whether Rising can go or not. But the young kid, Nate Johnson, I'll tell you what, he's got some good speed. You mentioned it earlier in the week. Uh, when you look at the fact that this team has been decimated by injuries, could play a profound role in this game. However, Utah is one of, the, uh, one of these teams where it's next man up every time. Okay, we bring in Max Brown, of course, Pac-12. 
And we were just discussing, Max, a great Friday night matchup for the network and for the Pac-12, which is the best conference in football this year. Shout to the Pac-12. Utah, Oregon State. Let's get into this matchup. A lot of questions, Max, for Utah as far as injuries, but I can't wait for this one tonight. First off, love how we're uh, just no hedge saying Pac-12 best conference in college football. I was just on a radio show uh, 30 30 minutes ago, same exact thing. It's – what a time to be in a lot, be alive where the best conference is the one that uh, is, uh, is, is falling apart after this year. But uh, no, loaded matchup tonight and Friday night. Um, I think uh, Research Stadium in Corvallis at Oregon State on a Friday night is going to be in an electric atmosphere. Um, I've played there on Friday night. Those fans get up. They have a brand new stadium, too, for listeners that might not be aware. So I think that's going to be phenomenal. A little orange out up there. I'll be paying attention to uh, – who takes the first snap for Utah? It's another week and another week where we're looking at uh, some quarterback uncertainty for the Utes. I think this game could very well come down to whether or not Cam Rising does play. Um, I think uh, I like the Beavs in this one. If it is, uh, if it is, uh, if it's not Cam Cam Rising, if Cam Rising does play, that's where things get interesting. A couple of things. USC has traditionally struggled going up to Research Stadium. For people that are unfamiliar with it, one of the smaller venues in the Power Five, what is it that makes it so difficult about Corvallis? And tell me, despite the loss against Washington State, what do you like about Jonathan Smith's team to do to be able to bounce back in this one? Yeah, well, on the most basic level, they they sell the stadium out for sure. So at least they did uh, when USC comes to town, and I'm sure they'll do the same thing with Utah on on a Friday night. Um, but I think, you know, B fans have a certain chip on their shoulder where it's us against the world. I think that's even more so nowadays, just given, the the outcomes of, of, of conference realignment. Um, and it's just, a, it's a, it's a cool venue. It's uh, it's a smaller stadium, but it's still built with a top deck. So it still feels, um, like you're in a legitimate stadium yet. It's, it has the sound and you're able, it feels more intimate, I guess, than some of the large stadiums. And as a result, you're able to pack, uh, a heavy dose of sound and noise in there. And then I actually don't know if this is still the case with the new stadium build out, but in the old stadium build out, build out the visiting locker room was not connected to the stadium. So you had like a small walk to enter the stadium. So it was much more, not Virginia tech esque, but, uh, but, but similar in the sense of you having to like walk into the arena of battle, which uh, gave it a cool flair. Um, but yeah, in terms of what I like about Oregon state, um, I do think their offense is, is better than last year. Um, I know right now there's still questions about, all right, you know, how, how good can this offense can be? It struggled a little bit last week. We know where are things at, but it's still a better offense than last year. Love their ability to run the ball. Um, the number that sticks out to me though, is DJ Uyungle completion percentage is 57% this year. I think you need, that needs to be in the high sixties, low seventies for this offense to really get cooking. This offense is not built to throw the ball around the park all game long. This offense is, is built to be balanced, built to run the rock. And then when you pass the rock, you have to be efficient. And so far, Oregon State has not been that way through the air. Max Brown, of course, Pac-12 network analyst, USC quarterback, Pittsburgh quarterback. Speaking of USC, so Oregon put on a display against Colorado. Your former team heads to Boulder you know, not necessarily overly impressive last week for USC. What are your expectations with this matchup there in Colorado? Yeah, I was actually kind of glad the the game happened the way it did last week. I think it was a wake up call for USC. I think it was kind of a rock, shake your system a little bit and wake up kind of deal. And I spoke with Lincoln Riley on Monday and I think, you know, obviously, um, you know, he wants to win every game, but the idea that they were going to repeat the Stanford performance from a week earlier where the starters barely even played in the second half, Caleb Williams didn't even play in the second half. Like that, that's, that's, that's unrealistic. That's not, that's not real life college football to go on the road versus an Arizona state team that, Hey, when USC comes to town, you know, that's their, that's their Super Bowl, and to not play your best football, especially offensively come out with that win and offensively score what nearly 40 points. And we're talking about that being an off game for Caleb Williams. I just think that shows you mm. one, how good Caleb Williams is to the ceiling that this USC offense can tap into. And I just had a feeling, cause I've been in that locker room or at least similar locker rooms in the past. And the fact like they still have a lot of transfers there and, and that hadn't played in the second half this, so far this season. And to find yourself in the fourth quarter, looking around being like, Hey, we got we to gotta go to work here. I think that was a good kind of glue game, so to speak, for that USC team. And 
that's a, that's a, all, all that to say. I think they walk into Colorado with a bit of their chip on their shoulder. Um, don't forget, Lincoln Riley had to approve that kickoff time for tomorrow at 11 a.m. Well, the reason he approved it, I think the, the biggest reason is he wants that national spotlight. He wants that prime TV window right there to put a message on for the country because Oregon had that opportunity last week. Now everyone was talking about Oregon and Bo Nix. Washington had that a little bit two weeks earlier with uh, – with Michigan State, now I feel like it's USC's turn to say, hey, don't forget the, that we're a, we're a top 10 team, and don't forget we have the best player in college football on our team. Tremendous betting nugget from Max Brown right there, Amal <laughs> Shaw, with the approval of the kickoff time. That is what we need. Thank you very much. Go. go ahead, Amal. I, I love it. Absolutely. Go. By the way, Max, you're a former quarterback. Give me, from your perspective, the best offensive unit in the league right now. We've been going back and forth on this one. Washington, USC, Oregon's playing extremely well. Hell, nobody's talking about Cam Ward and what he, the job he's doing up on the Palouse. Tell me who's playing the best ball from the first four weeks from your perspective and which team can sustain it. <laughs> I'm going to double dip here just based off how you asked that question. I think who is playing the best right now is Washington. Who is the best, like referring to top-end ability, yep. I think it's USC because I don't think USC's tapped into that. One of the most, I think, hidden gems in Pac-12 football this year is, uh, is Marshawn Lloyd, USC's running back. Brian Ward, Arizona State's defensive coordinator, who was the defensive coordinator at Washington State last year, and Washington State was one of the best defenses in the Pac-12. He went on record this week saying Marshawn Lloyd's the best running back I've seen in the Pac-12 the past two years. The Pac-12s had the likes of Zach Charbonnet and you know some some good some good running backs. Those are strong words, and Marshawn Lloyd is an afterthought when you are scheming for this USC offense. That shows you the talent that they have. Zachariah Branch, you could make the arguments, the most electrifying player in college football with the ball in his hands. They haven't even fully unlocked him yet. And, oh, by the way, you have Caleb Williams, the Heisman Trophy winner. This, this offense is, is dangerous, and I've alluded to it twice on this call already, but it was a sloppy performance last week, yet they're putting up nearly 40 points just like, just like it's uh, another day at the office. So, to me, top end-wise, I think it's USC. Max, last question, just a minute here. We, we talk about situation in sports betting. Notre Dame, after the brutal loss in primetime, headed to Duke. Are we overrating, as sports bettors, the situation that Notre Dame's in emotionally, or is that fair to say this is a very tough spot for them? Interesting. What's the line there? Five and the a half. Line is five and a half. Notre Dame is favored at Duke. That's interesting. Um... I do not think you're overplaying that, and uh, I'll make sure I'm uh, I'm uh, prefacing my, my, my answer correctly. But I, I do think that you know Notre Dame walks away from last week pissed off, pissed, pissed, and Marcus Freeman pissed off at the narratives now that hey it was a coaching lapse with two guys that didn't go on the field. I think that chip on the shoulder exists. I think they look at what Duke did to Clemson and said, hey, they snuck up on a different team. And I think Notre Dame's fine, big picture wise, but I would not. I, I would I would expect them to to handle their business. And, uh, and, 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 and I, I, I do think that emotional factor for the Irish is a real factor. Max, you got a hell of a future, man. Did a great job at Max Brown four on Twitter, PAC 12 network analysts. Enjoy the weekend. We'll talk to you soon, Max. Thank you. Appreciate it, fellas. Thanks. Great call on Marshawn Lloyd. That kid's a beast. Well, we pref- I like them in the SEC. Trust me. <laughs> South Carolina guys. Football. Thank you. <laughs> BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. 
the all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, you got football. Why not bet it and get five bucks? That's all you have to lay down and get $200 instantly back in bonus bets over at DraftKings when you use the promo code SHARP. It's that simple. It's a great deal. It's the best deal going right now. DraftKings, download the app. Bet five bucks, get $200 instantly. DraftKings, of course, an official betting partner of the NFL. Make sure you check it out right now. DraftKings, go sign up. Five bucks, 200 bucks. Boom, right there, ready to go this weekend using the code SHARP. DraftKings. The crown is yours. We're back. The big guy. Of course, Dustin Sweetelson. I'm Patrick Maher. A steep feed out, fade out of that music. I like it. Good job back at, with the crew in the closet there at the D. Amal Shaw. Let's go USC Colorado. We were just talking about talking to former USC quarterback Max Brown. A couple of angles we can discuss. USC Colorado coming up in primetime. 21 and a half. Speaking of primetime, his Colorado team is a dog. 73 on the total. I'll start quickly, boys. The Trojans should be able to do whatever they want offensively. Okay, they rank second in both EPA per play and success rate. While Colorado, you take a look at this defense, 119th in EPA per play and 126th in success rate. Mention Marshawn Lloyd. That's what USC does. Chunk plays on the ground, and then you factor in a Travis Hunterless secondary that's going to be hopeless against those USC, those USC pass catchers. USC's team total is set right around 48 and a half. Amal, you and I discussed it during the break. 35 for Oregon at the half. They called off the dogs. They got a touchdown. They scored 42 against Colorado. They could have scored 80. I have no reason to believe USC doesn't go over this 48 and a half on Saturday in prime time with Lincoln Riley looking to showcase his potential Heisman winner. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. Caleb Williams off to a fantastic start, as everybody knows. But, you know, Dustin talked about a play in the first quarter here, Patrick, with the Trojans laying six and a half. I like this a lot. I just don't see the Buffaloes being able to stymie this USC offense on two possessions, and can they respond with a score as well? Uh, to me, right now, we talked about a Marshawn Lloyd. You know very, very well. We went from the USC to the real USC out west. Stop it. <laughs> and anyway, um, when I look at this team offensively, Singer has got to be a little bit more consistent. Zachariah Branch, if you're not familiar with the name, you probably saw him in the first week of the season, the kickoff return for a touchdown, what this can, can do out of Vegas, Bishop Gorman. Patrick, this guy is going to be a first-team All-American by the time he goes to the pros within three years. This offense is electric. They didn't play great against Arizona State, and I think Lincoln Riley would agree with that. They missed some opportunities, left points on the field. I think they bounced back in a big way. And, look, I'm not taking anything away from the Buffalo. Shadur Sanders has been outstanding. Travis Hunter coming off of the injury. Let's see if he's back in the lineup for this team. More importantly, though, can this defense slow down Colorado when necessary? Because, guys, I look at Washington – I'm not sure where their defense is, but right now I have them better than USC's defense. The offense is about the same. To me, Oregon's defense is better than it's been in the past. And when we get towards those games, that November 4th showdown in Los Angeles between USC and Washington, the defense is going to have to answer the bell. Can Alex Grinch's defense be competent on Saturday in Boulder? And altitude play a little bit of a factor in the second half, but we'll see. I think the Trojans do roll, and I like Patrick's play on this over the, on the team total. You know, it's interesting, too, this is going to be full credit and then full stop to Deion Sanders. Colorado stinks. 
The yeah. idea that they open three and three and zero oh is incredible. Like that performance in Eugene was not disrespectful from Eugene's perspective and Oregon's perspective. That's just what Colorado is. They have no depth. That's what happens when you build a team through the portal. And defensively, you know, it really comes down to big guy. I'm going to let you run with this. It comes down to just on the offensive and defensive fronts. Colorado just has no size and no depth. And no Travis Hunter. They have talent. They have talent outside. That's what Dion brings in, and his son is awesome. They have individual talent, but they're just, I say it stinks in a kind of a formative way because they just don't have the depth. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, it's it's like a sports car with uh, with no handling, right? Like, it, it can go fast, it it's can fair. move, it's but, like, one. you don't have enough to keep the, the thing on the tracks and in the lane and on the road. So... I mean, the, the reason I like this first quarterback, one, that nugget from Max Brown put me over the top. The fact that Lincoln Riley had to approve the kickoff time being early. Look, this is a recruiting battle. If Lincoln Riley has ever, anyone to, to, to combat when it comes to recruiting right now, it's Deion Sanders. All those kids in Southern Cal, they may love the Trojans. They may know that it's in their backyard. But Deion Sanders is a different brand entirely, and he could be the one thing that can convince those types of kids to leave that area and go to Boulder. So I absolutely love the move going into Boulder to look for a lot of points early. I think they're going to score in their first two drives. This USC offense is so difficult to stop, and US, uh, Colorado has not been tested like this. For as good as Oregon looked, Oregon's dudes aren't the same dudes that USC has. Guys, a couple things. I thought Dustin hit on a great point. This is such an important recruiting battle game, right? Now you're on national TV on Fox. You've got the spotlight opportunity here for the Trojans. Great opportunity. Um, and, Patrick, you hit on it. Listen, if USC gets blows out Colorado, it's not a detriment to Colorado in this sense. They're not a bad program, but they're not a great program. It was the hype around Dion. This was a team that won, what, a couple of games last year, I think, one game? And they got blown out in every other game, or, or they might have won two games. He's improved that, and that's where they're going. But at the end of the day, they are still around the eighth, ninth best team in this league. Let's not overreact on that. And one other thing, you don't have to answer this right now, Patrick, but just think about this for a minute. In my lifetime, the best collegiate running back I've ever seen is Adrian Peterson. The day he stepped on the field in Norman, you knew he was better than everybody. And the best college quarterback I think I'd ever seen up until this point was probably either Sam Bradford or Tim Couch. I got to tell you right now, Caleb Williams is that guy. He might be the best college football player I've ever seen. I, do, I don't disagree. I'll give my two quickly, Marshall Falk and Michael Vick. Oh, great call on Falk. Oh, God, that guy single-handedly. It, it's almost impossible. Oh. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You want to give your two? I like the question, big guy. Go ahead. Give to your, 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 in your lifetime, best quarterback, best running back. Best I know you're going to say Reggie Bush. Go ahead Reggie and get Reggie Bush out of the is way. the running back. It's not, even, it's not even a – to me – That's his guy. Re I watch Reggie Bush, and I couldn't believe what I was – the fact that he wasn't Gale Sayers in the NFL still blows my mind. I think about it all the time. <laughs> quarterback, see, he's not actually a good quarterback, but he was the most dominating force I ever saw at quarterback, and that's Tim Tebow. I, I, it's just, I, I just one quick objection. Tim Tebow doesn't exist unless the kid from Newport News doesn't come down there and play by the name of Percy Harvin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what's almost weird or odd about the Reggie Bush conversation it almost hurts him that he was pretty good and a very good NFL yes, running yes. back. He just wasn't. He was, he, was, he was actually really good, just never great. And that is odd. Usually you flame out or you're a superstar, and he wasn't. He was somewhere in the middle. Just a quick anecdote to the Reggie Bush story. I, you guys probably know this. Um, who was the coach at LSU that won the national title? Ed, Ed Orgeron. He tried to, move, he tried to have, Ed, uh, uh, what was it, Adrian Peterson's dad transferred when he was in prison. Yes. To, to somewhere closer because they were trying to recruit him from Texas to come to USC. That's hilarious. Uh, okay, boys, let, let's get off USC and Colorado. Let's go tonight. Yeah. And it's a game that I, I know two of you are, are keying on. It's been kind of dancing around that key number of yeah. three. But right now, Louisville at NC State, it's a 4-0 Louisville team, a 3-1 NC State team. And Louisville is laying 3.5 on the road tonight. We're showing three. It's 3.5 in the market right now. And you do have that Notre Dame performance at home to point to. And Amal, you mentioned it. We'll start with you. I'll start with just NC State and their offense and Brennan Armstrong. It just hasn't worked. The resurgence that we were expecting, I know the offensive line isn't great, but it just it hasn't popped. He's 118th in completion percentage, 110th in uh, yards per pass. He just hasn't performed well. And here comes NC State with Plummer and playing very well. 
Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. The other problem is on the perimeter. They just have one receiver, and that's the biggest issue. Kevin Concepcion, he's got 22 catches. Next up is Rooks at nine. They just don't distribute the ball well. I'll tell you the other problem. If you watched Armstrong play at Virginia and NC State, guys, he has a tendency to pull the ball down quickly and go. Now, he's got great mobility and great wheels for a left-hander, but when you're leading rusher, with 225 yards on the season, is your quarterback, and his name is not Lamar Jackson or Michael Vick, guys, you are in trouble. And that's the problem right now with the NC State team. Dave Doran's team relies too much on the defense. They play an NFL-style game when college is wide open, let's get out and go. And that's what you're going to see tonight out of Brahms' team with uh, Aiden O'Connell uh, under center. I'm sorry, Plummer. Uh, no, Connell was I, I, I keep doing the same thing. And, uh, well, he may be under center for the Raiders this weekend. <laughs> That's true. But uh, this Louisville team has gotten off to a great start. Dustin and I were talking about it. Uh, Thrash has done a tremendous job. The Georgia State transfer has been outstanding. Guys, they put up 56 against BC. And let me tell you, if you watch the game like I did, it wasn't that close where they won by 28. These guys could have gotten to 70 or 77 in this game. They scored 42 in the first half, and they scored on the first play of the second half. So they took, they scored seven points in the final 29 minutes of that game. This offense is electric. That's going to be the difference in the ballgame. And, Patrick, if it's at three, this is an auto play on the Cardinals. I'm not a big fan of laying points on the road, but down in Raleigh, NC State, have a good night. Yeah, I think uh, don't look at the schedule to try to get an idea of who Louisville is. They had like 12, 13 transfers come in. Every week they're getting better and better, developing more and more. Uh, the Indiana game, by the way, that they barely beat the Hoosiers was on a neutral site at Lucas Oil, so it wasn't a home game or anything. I think their offense is explosive in Virginia. They barely beat, or, or NC State barely beat Virginia, who stinks, and Notre Dame went for 456 yards versus uh, this NC State defense. I love Louisville. Okay, why don't you save that? We'll come back and you can tell us why even more. And then we've got a full hour to get to as far as college football and the boys are fired up. We'll get to Texas and Kansas. Plenty to come here at Sharp Money on a Friday. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply.